Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotoworld Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Mr. Denny Carter. Mr. Kyle Dvorak. We'll be joined later in the show by Bob Lung to discuss the upcoming Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio, where we go every year. We're the title sponsor this year. Denny and I will be there. Kyle cannot make it. Lawrence Jackson will be there. Eric Froton, Zach Kruger, a lot of other great NBC people. Amazing event hosted by Bob. He'll be here to talk about that later in the show, around the 40, 45-minute mark. Uh, but we've got training camp now, guys. We have actual NFL news. We've got Dalvin Cook, though, still being like the main topic. Yeah. Uh, so I say we have actual news, and then it's still this like pseudo Dalvin Cook news <laughs> leading the show. He's uh, he's visiting every team. He is. He's visiting the teams. He's visiting the Oakland Athletics today, um, <laughs> trying to get a grip on what the move is going to do for the organization. Um, but he might sign there. We've got J.K. Dobbins not practicing. We've got Cole Komet now America's newest fifty millionaire. Uh, didn't see that one coming, got to be honest. Uh, got <laughs> Justin sad. Herbert, the newest uh, 262 millionaire. Got Kadarius Tony, who we talk about every single show, undergoing surgery. Brock Purdy, Antonio Gibson. A lot of news items to get to today before we get to Bob Lung. Uh, but first, we got we got Sean Payton out here talking bleep. Am I right? He is Guys, talking bleep. Uh, He's been talking all that bleep, buddy. Kid's been saying it. All Gold's bleep. been saying it. Um, Denny and I talked about this on Galaxy Brains. Uh, Talked more than a normal amount of bleep about the 2000 Washington Commanders. <laughs> Which I think we all remember that team. Yeah, we do. Uh, I, uh, as as uh, someone who lives in the Washington area, I definitely don't remember yeah, that team. Important, very important score settling by Sean Payton. But uh, what do we, we think about Sean Payton? Who, uh, yeah, if I had this roster, if I had this quarterback, I'm not sure I'd come out guns blazing. But it's been a really long since at least Rex Ryan. And before Rex Ryan, I don't know if anyone had, he'd even come out this century guns blazing like this what do we think about the strategy from the new head coach of the denver broncos i like this i feel like the the thing i was kind of worried with with sean payton coming in is that like he's been on you know the broadcast analyst side of football for a year or two and like his i don't say his tenure in new orleans fizzled out but it just didn't end with a bang right he didn't get to go out in the terms he wanted i was like ah does he even care that much and the first thing we got from him was like oh what do you think of greg dulcich I think he just literally didn't know who Greg Dulcich was. He's like, it's a tough evaluation. No, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he actually did. And this kind of would fall in line with that, that, oh, he did watch the team last year. and was like, how would I know if Jerry Judy is Jerry Rice or like a UDFA? No one was like able to get him the ball. They weren't even able to get plays off, let alone get their best players the ball. Like he does seem to know how bad things went. I think if he went like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's salvageable last year. I liked what I saw from Russ. Some good, some bad. I'd be like, oh, you didn't watch. You don't care. Like, you're just phoning <laughs> it in. The fact that he is, like, passionate about the team sucking last year is evidence to me that he cares. Is it going to get him in hot water if it doesn't turn around? Eh, maybe, but, like, Absolutely. He, seems, he seems in it. I think he's dialed in. We will crucify the man when they don't make the playoffs. You go, Denny. I actually, I like that take, Kyle, and... When he first started talking about Greg Dulcich and it was like clear, or at least to me, it seemed clear that he had never heard of Greg Dulcich before. Um, that was concerning. And then, you know, the other day we talked to a Broncos beat writer on the show. Mr. About Troy Rink of ABC Denver. Really good guest. And he said, and this is what you're getting at, Kyle, I think is 
that what Sean Payton meant by we couldn't evaluate Dulcich is that the offensive system that Nathaniel Hackett had put in place was such a mess, such a disaster that he didn't know what he was looking at. And, you know, and that's a huge indictment, obviously, on Hackett, on the organization itself. But he does seem, like you said, passionate, passionate about getting better. And uh, as a Broncos fan, what, what, what more can you ask for? Actually getting better would probably be what you could ask for. <laughs> well, at least, you, at least you have something in place. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, I, um, I mean, look, it's a good defense. It's a pretty pretty good offense if Russ cannot be a complete disaster. So I, I think, you know, I think that they can be they can be way better. Although the Jets, of course, the Jets took it hard. And Robert Sala heard about took it. Took it real hard. Yeah, real, and the, real yeah, hard. I mean, Jets fans are constantly triggered. So yeah, and and uh, Robert Sala said, "Well, if if people are talking about it this this time of year, you know we're doing something great." That's incorrect, Robert. That's incorrect. the opposite. It's the opposite of what's true. That is false. If someone, if people are talking about you this time of year, it means you're doing everything wrong. Well, if you could, know. if you could spare me a tangent, real quick, I was once in a movie theater watching a movie where some of the scenes were in a foreign language, and I was kind of slumped in my seat, and I was on the balcony, so the bottom foot of the screen was cut off, and it, it had subtitles. I didn't know. And I was like, that's really interesting artistic choice for them to not let me understand what's going on. And that's kind of what I think Sean Payton is experiencing watching the Broncos. Wow, really interesting to get your fifth false start of the game. And I thought turning it over for the second time this game at the two-yard line when you're about to score, another really, I'm not sure I get it, but I like the art style, I think. Just completely not understanding what's going on. But the difference between the movie and the Broncos is that there was at least uh, something missing with the – the movie and that there were subtitles last year. Th- there was no subtitles. There was no script. It was just a complete mess. So I have no problem with Sean Payton telling the truth. It's not even like he's being disrespectful. That is we're so bad. And Kyle, you're sitting, we're like, our minds are always blown when someone just tells the truth. Like we've, yeah. we've gotten so used to the anodyne coach and player quotes that it is like mind blowing when someone's yeah, they were, they were just awful. I mean, I can't, I literally can't even watch this. So I um, <laughs> Didn't and I will say Sean Payton still has an unwavering belief in Sean Payton, he does. the man who brought us Taysom Hill. Um, I was gonna say, you can see it looking at this roster. They get Troutman, I believe Marquez Calloway's on the team, yes. Tony Jones, Jones is on the team. Yes, do they have like a, a little Jordan Humphrey as well? Because they that will. wouldn't surprise they me. Send. They might have him, I believe. They will send, they have Lance Moore. Um, so we'll be, <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back after this to get into the news. But first, a word about our draft guide that Kyle Denny and I all work extremely hard on. With the NFL season quickly approaching, now is the perfect time to get your Roto-World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Get ready for your draft and stay one step ahead of your league during the preseason with updated player rankings, profiles, projections, mock drafts, and more. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code DRAFT2023 to save 20% at checkout. That is NBCSports.com slash draft guide, promo code DRAFT2023 to save 20% off. We will be updating said draft guide whenever Dalvin Cook officially picks a new team. We thought we, he might be getting a new team as early as Thursday. Word came out he was going to visit the Jets. But then more words came out that, yeah, he might also visit the Patriots. He might visit the Jets in like a few days and that he still basically has no idea what's going on. And he still needs someone to show him the money. Denny, where are we at with Dalvin Cook? Do we want the Jets? Do we want the Patriots? Do we want option C? I think I want option C. Uh, how much is Dalvin Cook going to matter in 2023? I mean, the Patriots would be would be pretty devastating from a fantasy be. standpoint because no matter what you think of Ramondre Stevenson, and and I, I know we are all big fans of uh, of Stevenson, that's uh, that's a huge blow, like to to his uh, both his pass catching opportunity and and his early down stuff. So we 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 do not want to see that, and that would really really shake up the early-ish running back market for fantasy purposes. Uh, the Jets, I guess that, that might be okay, but uh, that that would speak to real concern, I would guess, about Brees Hall's availability, at least early in the season, maybe throughout the season. Now, we, we do get these updates from Robert Sala every week about how fast <laughs> Brees Hall is going. Faster than a Buick. I mean. And I'm not, and for folks, for folks who are not like super plugged in and have like a normal life, I'm not joking here when I say that Robert Sala will say, will say Brees Hall ran 22 miles per hour today. Brees Hall ran 24 miles per hour on, on Thursday. 
like he just he just goes on and on about that. He talks about his sleep cycles and things. It's very strange. <laughs> um, but but you know, so so I, I do think that that would. But signing Cook would be a major issue for for Hall. Yeah, if you think it'd be bad for Ramondre, uh, man, as someone who's got their bags already packed, we're headed out on Brees. Um, wouldn't be great. I do think I would feel better about Brees's odds of just like. He just, by the time he gets back, he plays a few weeks, they start ramping, ramping him up. He just shuts Dalvin Cook out. I think that is more likely than Ramondre, who one doesn't have that like ramp up, get to a better speed. He's healthy right now. There's no reason for them to bring in this supplementary back other than that they don't want to give Ramondre the full workload. And they've signaled that very clearly with the eventually failed signing of James Robinson. But then they also brought in Leonard Fournette, who they brought in last year as well, I believe. So I, I think they're more adamant the Patriots are that they just don't want to give Ramondre the load. I think for Brees, this would be more so speaking to his health. And maybe he's, I would think he's still a good bet to be a guy who can win you your league down the road. But if, you know, in best ball, you already got him at the earlier prices. It's a little tougher to thread that needle. He really has to win your league yes. almost from the jump of him getting back on the field. It's either about Brees Hall's health or it's about Aaron Rodgers is not a wish list, wish list. And just remembering any guy, it's like I played against Dalvin Cook for years, and he, he's got to be on this team. Basically. Oh man! Like, wow, that could honestly really, be it. That's a really good point. That's it because I'm, uh, you know, the restructure, the Aaron Rodgers contract restructure. Apparently, yes. he sacrificed thirty plus million. In I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, that's we're taking those at face yeah. value because I think we have to. I, I mean, I, I look. I don't. I'm not. I didn't go to school for contract negotiation. I don't know like uh, exactly what what these things mean. Uh, Jets fans often fill me in on what they mean. And I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, maybe he, he did that deal because he's like, Hey, listen, I, I played. Yeah. Like you said, I played against Dalvin. He was good five years ago. Bring him in. <laughs> so uh, for fantasy purposes, would we, if we're just talking about, so the Dalvin cook, the focus has been whose fantasy value he's going to wreck. It's hard not to take that mindset. If we were just looking at Dalvin cook fantasy value, would you rather see him with the Jets, where he seems most connected to right now, or would we rather see him with the Dolphins, who he was most connected to for the majority of the summer? For his fantasy value, Dolphins. Dude, like, Brees is, Brees is shutting yeah. him out of the lineup by week 13. Like, Brees was one of the best running backs through, what was it, seven games last year? And it was, was several several knee, several knee, knee ligaments ago, though, Kyle. It was. It, well, I think it's just one. He's only just one knee, knee ligament. Oh, you're right. It was, the meniscus like, is Javante. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who's got a bit of tougher issues. And ironically, he's the one who's more healthy. These things are tricky. Um, yeah, I, I think even if we get a, a good approximation of what we saw from Brees last year, He's simply shutting Dalvin out of the lineup by week 13. Like, we probably still get some really good fans. I don't really agree with that, to be honest. Oh, really? I, I totally disagree. I mean, Dalvin looked, he looked on. It doesn't matter how he looks, though. It, it, makes, last year. it makes zero difference how he looks. We already know that by now. Like, we've seen, have we not learned anything from Zeke? Like, he's a vet. We can trust him. I think then, it's different because like, Zeke the coach, was making no, no, forty five million on that team, whereas Dalvin was cut, and then no one wants to sign him. There's just a complete staring contest of how little can we offer this guy. Yeah, yeah. those are two point. different things to me. Because the coach goes, "He's a vet. We can trust him," and everyone in the room is waiting for the coach to like make another like actually compelling point, and the coach just sits there silently, like, "No, <laughs> man, I, that was it." I mean, <laughs> he's a vet. We can trust him. Right? Hey, that's that's all I have. What do you what, <laughs> yeah. what do you want? Uh, I I tend I tend to think I wrote a piece about this kind of phenomenon where coaches just play guys uh, who are like grinding between the tackles runners don't fumble they get they they make their blocks oh, yeah. like they they know how to play the game and uh, and Dalvin Cook strikes me as that as that kind of guy so he can play you a football game I yeah I mean I I just, I think this is like. What Aaron Rodgers wants, Aaron Rodgers gets. And if he wants Dalvin Cook there, then Dalvin Cook's going to be on the field. I agree with Kyle in that Brees Hall is going to be way better eventually. Way better. The world's better. Just I feel like, like if this is yeah. what Aaron Rodgers wanted, though, this probably would have been done already. Like, they've, they've had the money. They had cap space to make a Dalvin Cook contract work already. They weren't like, you know, we talked about the Chiefs. Oh, maybe the Chiefs get D-hop. They had no money. They they would really had to bend over backwards. The Jets have had cap space, and we know they are immediately going to bend over to Aaron Rodgers' will because they did it with Lazard already. So we know it wasn't like a timing thing. They immediately snapped to Rodgers' will for Lazard. We know it wasn't a money thing because they had the money. Yeah. To me, this is like 
an opportunity thing where sure i i don't think dalvin's got a ton left in the tank but he's better than like the other like he's better than you know the patriots signing and failing to work with james robinson but i think this is a i think it's ultimately a band-aid uh and, and maybe they come out and they've they give him a ton of money let's say it's the jets that sign him that would sway me to be different but if they come out and they give him like the three million dollar plus incentives type of deal I'm not going to be convinced they really care. They're, they're going to have to give them a lot of money for me to think this is a, a plus, you know, two week 17 type of deal. I see a thought on the tip of Denny's tongue real quick, but I think if Dalvin Cook was going to sign for 3 million, that would already, I think he's signing for like 6 million plus. I think it's going to be like the classic, the fantasy community, the analytics community is going to be shocked how much money the NFL <laughs> still gives this guy. Sorry, Denny. Yeah, I could see that. I could see it. And obviously whatever offers he's getting, uh, are not good right? so so far. I mean, the Dolphins were in, into him, and then I think that that fell apart because the Dolphins were like, we'll give you some peanuts for you to play with. We'll give you year. a ham sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a large ham, like a, like a nice meaty ham sandwich. Art- like artisanal bread. Artisanal bread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. rye, yeah rye like rye. with a nice mustard, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, our producer, Adam, actually has a good note here. Dalvin Cook uh, in nine games against the Packers. 650 rushing yards, nine touchdowns. Tutters, tutters. Tutters, the kids are calling it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we know, and this is not a joke, we know that players and coaches put a lot of stock in what they what they experience on the field. And that, that could be a, a big factor here in, in the Jets being interested in Dalvin. I do think it's just the Rodgers factor. I think they're going to – I mean, why would they not? They're so all in on Rodgers. They're like, the angry man keeps saying we have to sign Dalvin Cook. So – uh, we're just going to do it. All right, guys. Yeah. Even though, I mean, they have Izzy Abanaconda, they have Michael Carter still really don't seem to need um, him too much. No, no, they don't. They definitely don't need him. But even if like Brees isn't that. ready, they've got a deep running back core. But so it goes. The Baltimore Ravens, you could argue they have a deep running back core, depending on how much mileage you get out of Gus Edwards, because some pro real football guys still love Gus the bus. One of the higher yards per carry in NFL history, yeah. for what it's worth. Um, but without J.K. Dobbins, this is not a, a good running back room. It's not a deep running back room. We still don't even really know who the number three back is for the Ravens. We maybe don't know, question mark, who the number one running back is right now because J.K. Dobbins seems very steamed about his contract issue. John Harbaugh has called it complicated. Uh, he seems to be barely practicing – do either he's not you practicing. Have, he was off to the yeah. side for the whole practice. He can't. He's not allowed to. He's on pup, so he can't. That's well. He's on, but it's like unclear why he's on pup. But he, he couldn't practice either way because he's on yeah, pup. Yeah. But yes, it is like, is it isn't legal in NFL like in the CBA's terms to put a dude on pup who like by all accounts like it, he didn't have the off season surgery that like Jonathan Taylor did. That that seems to be why he's on pup. A little more touchy there too, but at least he didn't practice in OTAs, off-season surgery. Those things line up. There was no off-season surgery to be rumored, no. and we know there's a contract dispute with Dobbins. So this one, I don't want to call the Ravens a liar. This dude is not on Pup because he's hurt. No, he's not. And Pup, actually, they have amazing leeway. To be frank, it's kind of amazing. I feel like they're doing him a favor by putting him on Pup because they're basically legalizing his hold-in. And the, the Pup, by the way – you. They put people on the pup just for failing their conditioning test. So if you show up and like run a mile in over six minutes, they put you on the pup list basically. Um, so it doesn't seem like he's hurt. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. It's easy for us to say, I guess. But I mean, Denny, what do you think's going on? I mean, are we worried or? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, a, a little bit. I mean, the, the Ravens signed Melvin Gordon. Um, they seem to be okay. Uh, historically, they seem to be okay splitting up backfield duties, not committing to one guy. Look, J.K. Dobbins has been in the league for three years. He has less than 1,500 total yards, okay? So he doesn't, negotiation-wise, does not have a leg to stand on. Um, no. You know, and, and that's an unfortunate phrase to use because he it also – It is. I mean, it's a bit too soon, to be honest. It's, it's a little too on the nose because even when – okay, even when he kind of exploded at the end of last year over the past, final, like, four or five weeks – I, I don't think I'm alone in noticing that when he was in the open field, he was basically dragging his bad leg uh, along. And you could see that on the dots from the little dot matrix for the thing. The, you dot, the, the dot had the a little bit hanging, hanging off of it. And I think that was his leg. And <sighs> and uh, I, I just, I look, I don't, I I think he, he's just, he's in a, Dobbins is in an impossible spot. Okay. No production, uh, long injury history. Maybe not even over the, the the injury he suffered two full 
years ago now. Um, so I, I don't know what he expects. The Ravens are Ravens are not going to give him anything. Um, he's good as good as gone after this year. I would say it's not quite an impossible spot because it's almost no production, but the production he did have was very important down the stretch last year. And they still, we know they're supposedly transitioning away from the super run heavy run based offense, but we'll, we'll see how truly pass happy a team with a dual threat like Lamar Jackson can get. And that maybe it's going to be, end up being less Greg Roman than we thought. And that there's just only so many different ways you can play with a quarterback who is such a good runner like Lamar Jackson. And he knows I mean, how bad the backfield was without him mm-hmm. last year, J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of like he he pounced on – he finally got any leverage at all and has decided to go all in on that. it's admittedly not that much leverage, but I wouldn't say it's no leverage. Yeah, it is some. It is some. Um, Kyle nodding. Uh, we're just kind of, we don't really know what to say. Well, I, I, yeah, I think, I think he has so little leverage because he can't, he's not like the franchise tag guys, right? Where he can't just sit out the year and then walk into free agency. Uh, he's, he's under contract. And if he doesn't sit out, he doesn't yes. get the year of accrued services told or whatever. So I, I think for that reason, that's really where his lack of leverage lies. I do think he's important to the team. I think that's what he's trying to push, but just financially, he has no out, right? He can't just say, all right, next year I'm going to walk and someone's going to pay me. Assuming a second franchise tag didn't come for like Saquon Barkley, he could just walk. Uh, he'd have to sit out a year, but that's not even on the table for Dobbins. So, yeah. but I think for that reason also, you really shouldn't be worried about him playing. He, he just, he can't afford to not play essentially. He, he's, he's going to play. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little more bearish on him than I was maybe two or three weeks ago. I, I just, I see some, I see vanishing paths to like like him being a, like a major value where he's going in redraft leagues. I think the end game here is they probably kick a few more like easily attainable incentives into his deal and basically do everything they can to like get that dog out of him. He's already got such high dog levels. They might sense an opportunity to get even yeah. higher dog levels in him. And I, I think we're probably seeing maybe some increased incentives coming to J.K. Dobbins' contract. Someone who does not need any incentives anymore is Cole Komet. He is a paid man. He's a 50 millionaire. This country just mints millionaires. Uh, Cole Komet is not one of them, apparently. Um, (laughs) Seven touchdowns last year. Finally emerged, finally became kind of, force is a bit strong in the red zone, but became a a factor in the red zone, a factor in the passing game. The Bears could be like the poor man's Eagles this year where they go from being as run-heavy as humanly possible to more pass-happy than we expect. They've got a lot. Of, everything's pointing to a greater passing game in Chicago. They did send Robert Robert Tunyon, who was not hyped on this show, Denny, by Alex Shapiro, NBC Chicago Alex Shapiro, but basically saying he's going to be a factor in the offense. But it's hard to get very concerned about Robert Tunyon at this point when Cole Komet's making fifty million dollars. Yeah, I mean, but but did he get did did uh, Komet get paid because they? see him as a, a, a nice blocker. I mean, he was a, a top, he was a top 10 run blocker uh, among tight ends per pro football focus last year. Um, the, you know, the, the um, Alex Shapiro, the bears beat writer, he did say that they, they do see him as a really good and valuable blocker for a run based team. And that we could see Tunyon doing some of the route running this year. So from a fantasy standpoint, this contract to, to me, maybe you guys push back a little bit, means nothing. I mean, like zero mm. about Cole Komet's usage at, from, a, from a statistical standpoint, from the standpoint that we care about. I agree with that. I think it, it speaks to the team's value of him. But like, oh, what? So last year he was going to get like 600 some yards and they didn't really have any other receive. Like the receiving core was as bereft as it gets by the end of the year. Like I was like, oh. 3,200 Equinemia St. Brown on DraftKings. Let me think about playing that. Byron Pringle's there too, so let's not get ahead of ours. Like Clearly, the receiving core left a lot to be desired, and they bring in this target hog monster in DJ Moore, who's clearly, I think, going to be their wide receiver one. And not only that, he's going to have a gap between him and the rest of the guys in that depth chart. They get a full, you know, health withstanding, probably get a full season out of Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Like, tons of target competition, Probably a top five run, uh, definitely a top five run rate in the league. And a player who's not like doing a ton after the catch. Like I can handle the games where George Kittle gets six targets because he turns three of them into 30 yard catches. 
Komet's a pretty average guy in yards after the catch. He's below average in yards per route run. I think they like him. He's a good blocker. He's got steady hands. But from a fantasy perspective, this doesn't move the needle. And, and for me, I was kind of out on him already. Let's say unless you play for the Patriots, the tight end 17, which is what Cole Komet is currently going as an underdog, isn't usually making $50 million like Cole Komet is. Uh, he did get most of his production in the second half of last season. The first eight games for the Bears last year, Cole Komet had 159 yards. Uh, over the final nine, he had over 400, uh, six touchdowns in the final nine games. The role did really change. Right? He got momentum as the season went. They fun, but they believed in that moment. And tight end seven feels way too bare. Uh, who finally made sense that he was not a red zone weapon. I think it's stable. He's going to be the primary red zone guy, even if DJ Moore goes nuts. Uh, I think uh, Cole Seventeen is too low for Cole Komet. That's where I'm going with this. Anyone agree? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, folks may not have heard everything Pat was saying. He's a little his connection is a little shaky at the moment, but basically, Pat was saying that uh, tight end seventeen is too low of an ADP for Cole Komet. Uh, I can see the argument there, but either way, I see Cole Komet as like you know some something of a desperation streamer in 12 team leagues where you're, you're looking at a, uh, you know, maybe a game script where the bears might be pushed a little bit into, into more passing. Um, you're hoping for, for some good from decent route numbers and then some, some targets to follow along. Uh, so anywhere, any, anyone in that range, I think is just going to be someone you kind of pick off the wire and put them back depending on what, on what you need for that week. Komet is very, uh, Brandon Cooksian, I think on ship chasing with Pat Crane, friend of the show, former co-worker, Sabas in the back, not important. Uh, Patrick Darty said, Dave Montgomery is this kind of guy, Brandon Cooks. You guys won't believe it. He has never finished outside the top 24 wide receivers, right. running backs, whatever. And he's yeah. going as the wide receiver 28 this year. The running back, you know, Cole Komet last year, I'm sure he finished like the tight end 11 because he played all the games or whatever, right? But on a points per game basis, he wasn't giving you anything above replacement. And he's going at that spot right now where he's, at replacement level, he's just below it. So, yeah, maybe I think he probably does. He's probably a good median bet to outproduce tight end 17. Yeah. In what world do we see him getting to tight end eight? Not even breaking that top tier. I don't I don't expect a lot of guys to break that top tier who aren't being valued there. But like I, I don't even think there's much of a shot for him getting into like the top eight where there are guys going in his range who like I can bet on their talent, I can bet on their situation, but I don't have much faith in Colkmet being that guy. I mean, you're, you're just you're just desperate for for some pass routes at that point. It's in the just draft. sad what you're doing. You're desperate. I mean, you you're just clawing. You're just hoping hoping to any you know your favorite god. You know, please, <laughs> please get give me twenty plus pass routes from this guy today. First off, can you hear me? Um, yeah, you're good. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, it was making such a beautiful, eloquent Cole Komet point on the internet apparently <laughs> disagreed uh cole Komet's going directly behind two guys i mean he's quite literally guaranteed outproduce gerald everett and tyler higby a 0.0 percent chance no, either one of those players bet, scores no. more fantasy points disagree almost almost completely guaranteed to outpoint dalton kincaid i would say almost okay, completely okay. guaranteed to outpoint shig Okonkwo. uh close to almost all but guaranteed to outpoint greg dulcich it gets finally more interesting with pat fryer me with david and joku but I, where I don't think it's a Brandon Cooks type situation where I, I think he's going to overperform ADP by probably five or six spots and be a borderline tight end one, which, you know, great, cool. I mean, that is like a, like, okay, wow, nice. Pat. But I, I do think he's being like significantly underdrafted and that we just don't want to deal with it because it's the Bears and because it was because of the first two seasons he had. But I, I think this is one where the market is just way, way off. All right. Well, I, I <laughs> more I, power to you, bud. I kindly dis. I, I, I mean, he literally just got paid. It's not that he got paid. What he got paid? Million dollars this week. I mean, we, when like the very, Dolphins paid fantasy Dolphins managers paid always always ignore super compelling real life signals. Like the guy's a first round pick. Oh, the team just made him like the top five highest played players. That stuff seems stupid, but it really, really does matter. The Bears are clearly they. No one was forcing the Chicago Bears to give Cole Komet fifty million dollars. What if the Bears uh, I can are not? You that. What if the Bears are not a great front office? This is my issue. 
They've been a <laughs> slightly better front office, but uh, yeah, like I just chase like, Claypool may beg beg to differ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this team just traded the, uh, a first round pick for Chase Claypool. I'm sure they're really making the best decision. It was supposed right to be a second. How could they have known the Miami Dolphins were intentionally tanking games two years ago? Uh, they spend all of their free agent money on off-ball linebackers. How could we simply not trust what they're doing? I like. I think that's fine. I think he's going to have good usage. He's going to have good inefficient usage on the one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL. I don't get how that guy leaves. They're not the gonna be five. they're gonna be more pass heavy this year. I can say that. Where do you think they land? I think they're a bottom five passing yards per game team. I don't even I think it's very hard for them to skip. I would that. say they'll be in the the I would say yeah, like the twenty six <laughs> to thirty range. So it just depends how much mileage you can get. I zero point zero percent chance either Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby outpoints Cole Komet, though. Like zero point zero. Like not even what? How is that insane? Two, literally, two, the Chargers are going to pass twice as often as the Bears. They did that last year, and Gerald Everett let every single target hit off his face mask. Like there's a zero point zero percent chance Gerald Everett scores more. Oh my gosh! What planet? Like why we believe in Gerald Everett now? I, uh, I thought this was America. Cole Komet is a left tackle. <laughs> yeah, a damn good one. <laughs> Uh, he's a fifty million dollar left tackle. Yeah, yeah, fifty million dollars to protect that blind side. So, uh, yeah. So we're getting close to Bob Long joining us. Uh, Producer yeah. Adam, let me know when Bob Long is ready. Uh, real quick, Justin Herbert, five year, two hundred sixty two million dollar contract extension. Do we all agree? So, as I say, there's no chance Gerald Everett scores any fantasy points. Uh, we think <laughs> Justin Herbert's going to come roaring back on last year. Do we not, Denny? Oh man, I I. I don't know why you're in on like going against Gerald Everett in a season where he's about to be like a top five. Danny, do you remember the experience of being in on Gerald Everett? I do. It literally ever. It's become the, the ultimate arrested development meme, but it might work for us. <laughs> no, I get it. I know. I know he makes a bunch of boneheaded plays and, but on the dots, when you watch the dot, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. The dots love him. I will give him. So anyway, what's the question about Herbert? Is he worth it? <laughs> I mean, like, we're we're basically throwing out last year as injury marred, Joe Lombardi marred, uh, all systems go. Like, the superstar trajectory is fully back on this year. And yeah. we're going to get, like, those debates, like, maybe Justin Herbert's better than Patrick Mahomes when clearly he's not. But uh, That'll be unfortunate. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, Justin for I, think we're, I think we're headed there. Look, last year, there a lot of a lot of the peripheral stats point to just really poor design of that offense. Uh, so – and then he's missing Keenan Allen for a time, missing Mike Williams for a time. Didn't have anybody. Didn't have Jalen Guyton. I know that's funny, but Jalen Guyton being the only fast guy on the entire team, you know, it did make a difference. So uh, I, I think you know, having those guys back, having Quentin Johnston, uh, having a little more offensive luck, uh, offensive line health luck, I should say. Uh, I, I think everything points to Herbert being way better this year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know why. I, made you say that no no <laughs> I, I mean I, I, I we i think I, there's some pushback about like justin herbert just is a conservative passer like daniel jones and it doesn't matter that he has a cannon arm he's just going to continue checking down no matter who the offensive coordinator is there there is that I, thought I, out there yeah kyle has something to say but i have made that point too that's the one unanswered question with justin herbert was like was too much of this blame placed on joe lombardi was he too convenient of a scapegoat for a guy who entered the league with an extremely conservative reputation and then kind of shed it his first two years, but then very, very heavily reverted back to it last year as he was protecting like 42 cracked ribs. Kyle, did you have a Herbert thought? Yeah, Pat, you you said you think like we're back to the superstar trajectory for Justin Herbert. I mean, what literally 5,000 yards and like 40-some touchdowns two years ago? Uh, yes. and his tight end you don't want. You don't want that guy's tight end. But no. the the Justin Fields, 3,000 yards, seven. You just straight up don't. <laughs> uh, you know what's really funny I was like I, I truly didn't know like who was scoring more points last year because like why would I remember anything about Gerald Everett Cole Komet, Tyler Higby it's just like uh, my brain has so little space I'm not going to put those ones in it uh tight end 15 by points per game last year PPR who do you think it was um first I'm missing a counter by not even answering that and, uh, <laughs> you know last year hold on last year Gerald Everett's sixth year in the NFL he posts a career high 555 yards. Last year, Cole Komet's third year in the NFL career. First, four, 544 yards was the second most. His career high was actually two years ago. 
we have back-to-back years of Cole Komet and like the worst offense in the NFL being as productive as Gerald Everett's career year. There's, there's, there's no chance. There's just no chance. Of <laughs> okay, so he was tight end 15. To answer my own question, Cole Komet was tight end 15. Uh, I, you know who's tight my, uh, end? Internet, internet sh- breaking up. Ah. It's Gerald Everett. It actually is breaking up. Who was tied with him, though? <laughs> Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett was tied with him. Tyler Jason... Higby was fractions of a point ahead. Like, they're all the same guy. I don't. I really don't think there's large differences between them. Take the one to me, Gerald Everett, but also I, I guess Tyler Higby. Don't don't take any of these guys. Really, don't take any of these guys. But if you want to have this debate, take the one who's tied to the quarterback, who's most likely to throw for five thousand yards and forty-five touchdowns. We'll be right back after this. It's a star-studded battle this Sunday on MLB leadoff as Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels travel north of the border to face Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Toronto Blue Jays. Find out if there will be fireworks at Rogers Center at 11.30 a.m. Eastern exclusively on Peacock. And please, do not forget, you can find all of your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Thankfully for NBC and Peacock, Shohei Otani will still be on the Angels this Sunday. They've said they're not trading him. And they acquired Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez on thir- on Wednesday evening, Denny. Um, this is affect your rest-of-season projections. That's huge. That's huge. G- Giolino is my favorite soccer player. So. Oh, gosh. That's awesome. Uh, Denny, anti-Italian discrimination. Thanks. To you. Uh, Once again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, yeah. This isn't uh, my first offense. I had some comments <laughs> about the Super Mario movie that got me into some. Ooh, wow, yes. Pat, uh, what could what could the Angels get for Otani? He's just a one like a half season rental. Oh, he's like the best half season rental ever. But like, what is that? I don't know. What's that worth in baseball? I don't know. They would have still gotten probably two or th- any organization's top two or three prospects. Probably one or two young players already in the majors, even as like a rental. Because uh, it would have given whoever done did that would have then had a big leg up on being the guy team that actually like resigns him, extends him this offseason. Um, so it would have been as much to think about getting him in the door to be the favorites for the extension as for the half season rental. It would have been insane. The Angels, I can see why they did, they didn't do it, but they really needed to do it. Yeah, yeah the Angels like <laughs> aren't they bad? <laughs> they're not. Good. They're they're very borderline. They. Okay, we're trending. Okay. They have like an unfortunately timed six game winning streak. So they're kind of back in it. It's convinced themselves that they can no, do it. it really, yeah. it, it, but it might work the, for us. I was going to say that. You, you got me. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> As we wait on Bob Lung to tell us about the fantasy football expo in Canton, Ohio, August 11th to 13th. It's uh, it's a podcast. You know what that means? It's time to talk to Darius Tony. Uh, Darius Tony. We, we can be quick about it. Look. Tony, surgery for she rice. Take it from there, Denny. That's right. We talked to Pete Sweeney, uh, Chiefs beat writer, on on Monday. He said it was going to be a a longer term deal, not a short term deal, and he was correct. They they announced that uh, I think Tony had his third cleanup procedure in two years on the injured knee. Um, I would guess, just from reading the tea leaves and reports and other things, that Tony might not be ready. For, for the beginning of the season. So we have to play week one, dude. No way. Yeah. I'm trying to be a little bit, a little bit conservative here, but yeah, there's no way uh, <laughs> that he's going to be ready for the start of the season. And uh, 
so, you know, you're, you're looking at, uh, at other guys to fill in that void. Rasheed Rice, who has apparently looked really good in training camp. Sky Moore, uh, who we talked about a lot on this show. And then I went to Kyle, the kids, the Zoomers, they love Justin Ross. Tell me about Justin Ross. Why do the kids love him? Yeah, so I was out on him. I mean, like two years, doesn't doesn't play football. He played as a senior in 2021. Uh, I believe it's 2021. But really, it was uh, this spinal injury that kind of, I don't want to say ended his college career because he did come back to play, but he wasn't that same player. But early in his career, like, I, I had to get I had to get on board with this. Someone Pat Crane had to kind of sell me on him a little bit. But he has that like George Pickens level. There was a superstar in the making, and then something goes awry for you know both of them, like health related things. He, he had a for for the non initiated among like the the draft Knicks, He had over four yards per outrun as a true freshman. That's elite. Like most college wow. players don't, don't even come close to that in any single season. And he was a true freshman. He led a team that had both uh, T Higgins. And Hunter Henry in receiving or Hunter Henry, uh, uh Front Renfro, uh, Hunter Renfro, sorry, in receiving yards. And he played one fewer game than T Higgins, I believe. And it was a 26% dominator. And then you look at a guy like Rasheed Rice, just for comparison, Rasheed Rice at SMU, uh, notably a not power five, not Clemson school with less competition, took until his fourth season as a senior, in which he declared afterwards to get to a 26 plus percent college dominator, which is where uh, Justin Ross was as a true freshman. So, you know, 28, a long time ago, which is why I wasn't in on him. He's like UDFA who hasn't played football in God knows how long. Uh, that's not the profile of a guy who really hits, but sometimes these UDFAs do take time to hit. Like it was like two years before Adam Thielen even topped like 200 yards or whatever. It's understandable. They've been holding on to him. And if you look way back, he was an elite prospect. There was a time for him to be a true like top tier first round pick prospect and things went awry. But the cost is so little, like he doesn't even get drafted in all best ball drafts that I, I've sold myself on it. I like the upside bet. And this team is so weak in that, like, Sky was terrible. I didn't think Rasheed Rice was a great prospect. And MVS is just a guy. He's just a clear out guy. So there's room. I think there's room. And there's a world in which Ross recaptures some of that magic from long ago. And and Ross has been working uh, closely with Patrick Mahomes this offseason, apparently. I know that. There's, we don't really know what to make of that, but I, I think Ross should not be forgotten in redraft. I zoned out one time trying to uh, get the correct link to our guest, and when I rezoned in, you guys were talking about Justin Ross. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it seems very, very fitting. You zone out. What the hell is going on? Justin Ross. Denny put me on the spot, too. If you if you didn't zone in at the time, Denny totally put me on the spot, and I was like, what a spot to put me on, because I had Justin Ross bullet points for days. So, oh, oh, oh I, I'm sure you did. Look at everybody your age loves Justin Ross. I gotta, do, I gotta do. Ask the, you generic prints, things of that nature. They yeah. love Chiefs who will never ever score a regular season. <laughs> <laughs> we really do, don't we? Yeah. So, we love Bob Lung. We love the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio, August 11th to 13th. Bob is here to talk about that. He's here to talk about the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide that he puts out every summer. Bob, how are you doing? Looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Yeah, you guys as well. Always uh, honored that NBC Sports and Roto World is the title sponsor of the Expo for the second year in a row. So thank you, gentlemen, uh, to everybody there. Always a big crowd of you will be coming in. Uh, looking forward to that. And, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Bob, we'll start with a hard-hitting question. Uh, can you confirm or deny that former NFL All-Pro Des Bryant will be playing in the flag football tournament at the Hall of Fame Stadium with us. I cannot confirm nor deny at this point. Um, he, There's discussions about how he wants to do it. Um, and so that's the biggest problem. He, I wanted to get him to build a team, um, preferably my team, but that <laughs> didn't work out. Um, and then next thing you know, he's like, well, I just want to jump into games. And I'm like, you can't do that. That's the... <laughs> He can. can. He can. So unless you're going to jump into all 16 teams, that's going to make it difficult. So we're still working that out. Um, I will see him Hall of Fame weekend because he is actually coming in when uh, for DeMarcus Ware, and that's why I'm driving that weekend for Hall of Fame. So I will see him two weekends in a row in Canton, Ohio. So I'll have it all worked out, I promise, at some point. We'll, but at this point, I don't know if he's going to have a team, but this is Dez. He could change his mind. 
and show up with, you know, T.O. and Ocho Cinco and Tony Romo for all we know. Who knows? Bob Lung becoming besties with Des Bryant. I did not see that yeah. one coming, Bob. I did not. But Bobby, did I. <laughs> here's off the expo, an amazing event. I've been four or five years in a row now. We were all there last year. We're all going to be there this year. We know what it's about, but you know, so many people from the industry, they're big, small, medium. Tell people why they should be wanting to go to the Fantasy Football Expo, what to expect there, and just what the event is all about. Yeah, I mean, I always tell people the, the, the two things to do are ask two questions to yourself. One, have you been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? If the answer to that is no, the next question is, do you play fantasy football? If the question to that is yes, then there's absolutely no reason you shouldn't come to Canton, Ohio that weekend of August 11th through the 13th. You get to tour the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You get to hang out with 750 to 1,000 of our closest fantasy football friends. And it's just a great weekend of parties and drafts and flag football, cornhole tournaments. Uh, we're going to have a beer pong tournament from spot, you know, Trophy Smack's going to put together this year. Um, and then, of course, after all of that, we have this huge day of six hours of fantasy football goodness, four panel discussions going on at the same time with every topic you can think of. Um, you know, the best of the best are there. They're, you're, I'm looking at three of them right now. And we just, I mean, Howard Bender, Bob Harris, Jeff Manns, uh, gosh, uh, Andy Barron's, Marcus Grant. Uh, yes, Evans. Brad Evans. Uh, you know, the list is endless. And so, if you, you know, are a fan of any of these folks or just a fan of fantasy football, come into town. It is not just for content creators. Please don't let people tell you that it is. Yes, there's a lot of content creators there. Why? Because we're coming to share our knowledge with you. Um, but that doesn't mean if you're not, you shouldn't be there. In fact, there's a fan. As somebody who plays, you should be there because the knowledge that you're going to gain from that weekend of just hanging around with all of these people, you're going to learn so much more and we have such an edge on your fantasy teams when you get back in town and start dominating the crap out of all your friends and family. I've done a, I've done a couple panels uh, at the expo over the past two events. And, you will be uh, again this year, by the way, Denny. And there yeah. are, well, hey, look at, look at that, three in a row. Uh, <laughs> And I and we, we get a lot of really good questions from from mm -hmm. folks in the audience uh, that I think generate some interesting conversations and takeaways mm -hmm. uh, that you know you you can't just get anywhere. I mean, it's a, right. it's a combination, uh, a gathering of a, of a lot of sharp minds besides ours. You know, other other are other sharp minds in the industry. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and uh, there's a few, just a few. And we, and we uh, oh, no more than ten. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. But, but we we combine. And we give we give folks uh, some, hopefully some good answers there. No more yes. than ten, but they'll all be there. I, I'm going to be on a panel. Denny's going to be on some panels. Lawrence Jackson's going to be on some panels. Eric, yeah, Eric Frotron's going to be Zach Kruger. So That's we're right. going to be Kyle. Kyle we're going to miss you. Kyle cannot make it this year, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I can't make it this year. But That's he, we're going to miss you, bro. We will miss Kyle. Um, we're all going to be on some panels. So panels are honestly one of the most interesting parts of the entire weekend. Uh, are there any are there any new events this year? What's going on with the Kings Classic this year? By the way, I know there's some new divisions in the Kings yeah. Classic. Tell people yes. what might what might what might be new for 2020. Yes. Yeah, so the biggest new thing this year is, believe it or not, and I know you guys know this, we outgrew the hotel. We we cannot <laughs> hold the expo at the hotel. We have busted at the seams. So we're going to be um, moving on up to the east side, as the uh, Jeffersons would say, and we're going to be moving into a 100,000-square-foot football field dome right behind the Hall of Fame. We can have 10,000 people show up. We don't care now. Um, it's it's so fun. It's so cool inside. Um, we'll be all spread out with our stages and our you know all the stuff. Series XM, of course, will be there live all day. That is the big upgrade this year. Um, everything else pretty similar. The parties are you know downtown at the stadium. You know flag football, cornhole, all that beer pong is new. Um, but the big thing is the expo is expanded into this massive place, and I, I'm so excited. You guys are going to love this. It really takes your breath away when you walk in. Uh, Kings Classic, yeah, we are now up to seven Kings Classic leagues, including the first ever Queens Classic. 14 of the best females in the country will be drafting live at the Hall of Fame right down the hall from us, Pat. And so we're really excited about that. We've got an IDP league. We've got a dynasty league. We've got, of course, the college football that John Lobb has been doing for a number of years as well. Um, and am I missing one? Our three, the three, and the Queens Classic. So there's seven. 
Um, so we're really excited to expand to have the best of the best in just about every genre now. So really excited. It's hard to believe the the event space could expand because seriously, just about any fantasy entity you can think of is there. And right. If you want to run into someone in the industry, they're going to be there and they're going to be accessible. They're going to be walking around. That's another amazing part of it. Everyone's very, very accessible. Like, oh, yeah. You want to talk to Bob Harris, you can go find Bob Harris. You want to mm -hmm. talk to Kyle Dvorak, you used, at least he used to be able to. But he, Back when I was a kid, he used but, to be able to go to Kyle. Yeah, it can't come this year. But uh, that, that's amazing to hear. It's getting even bigger. It sounds like a really cool location, too. Uh, Bob, so before you were known for the Expo, you're known for the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Thank you. Out yet again this year. Who are some people you want to highlight from the fan? What is the Consistency Guide, and who do you want to highlight? Maybe two or three names you want to Well, highlight. for anybody out there that's played fantasy football for at least a, more than a year or two, you know that if you've had some teams where you've been high in total points but maybe not making the playoffs, a lot of that problem is you might have some inconsistent players. And, you know, so they're out there. It's just a way. How do you identify them? Well, that's what the guide does. That's what the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website does with all the tools. You put in your scoring method. You can find out who the most consistent players are in your leagues. Uh, but the guide is there just to help identify those. So when you go into the draft and you're trying to decide, well, which, you know, which second running back or which third receiver or maybe even first receiver, uh, you might have been, again, jumping on the bandwagon for some player that was – top 15 in scoring, but only 50% consistent. That's not going to help your team on a week-to-week -week basis to help you get to the playoffs. So so some favorites of mine this year, Najee Harris is one of mine right now. I'm getting a lot of teams, uh, especially in leagues where I can go either two wide receivers right off the bat, maybe even a third receiver and get him in round four. Um, we've also been getting Aaron Jones in round five or six, Alexander Madison. These are all players who have been consistent when they've been given the opportunity. Madison, when he was given the opportunity with more than 13-plus carries when Dalvin Cook either was hurt or, you know, was out for the week, um, he was putting up about 20 fantasy points a week. It was 80% consistent in those games. So definitely love him. Definitely really good value there. Um, and I have to throw my, my, my favorite, the Tyler Higbeast, uh, who, you know, last year was five out of six in the first six games with Matthew Stafford on the field. In fact, if he would have gotten the same amount of targets on an average basis through the rest of that year last year, if Matthew doesn't get hurt, he would have been up in the Kelsey range for a number of targets. He was averaging like 10 or 12 a week. It was crazy for a while. So definitely love him as a late round tight end. Um, you know, back up maybe to a Dallas Goddard who was 83% consistent last year before Jalen Hurts went down. So a lot of great players in the book. Love to get it. It's on Amazon. Just go out there, Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, type it into the search on Amazon. And if you're a Prime member, you get it in two days. You know, Tyler Higby's boring. I, I made this point a few minutes ago, Bob. He's a boring, yes, he he's a boring guy. Yeah, he, gets yes. it, he gets it done. He, he catches does. it and he falls down and he's reliable. And Matthew Stafford likes him and that's all that matters. Yep. Six catches, 50 yards. That's that's 11 points. That's a clutch game. That's consistency, baby. I may have said there was a 0.0% chance Tyler Higby outpoints Cole Komet this year, and then Denny attacks me and Bob Lung attacks me. Uh, yeah, I'm attacking you. Yeah, no, he's going to. I'll tell you right now he's going to. And he's not getting paid $50 million over the next four years either. That's true. And it's interesting, too. You highlight some guys who are kind of controversial this year, Najee Harris, Alexander Madison. So check out the consistency consistency guide to get the positive take, all we hear is the negative take on those guys where there still is a positive case. To is, be made. Yeah. And so very, very interesting stuff. Um, Bob, this, and tell people again real quick about the flag football tournament, which we were referencing, which is one of the, the crazier events. Yeah, so. One where Denny year, may or may not have thrown the interception heard around the we, world last year. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> we don't want to go there. Um, so because of Denny, we have made this year's tournament a double elimination tournament. Oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> thank God. That's fine. Um, because there are some people who thought it would be a really good idea to throw a bomb on the first play. To me. It's a kind of a, you know, you only have four plays to score a touchdown, and the other team only needs to go one yard. If I, in Denny's defense, I broke completely open, but then I didn't break off my route. I just kept going. Well, right. also, Bob, I didn't listen to my colleague, Lawrence Jackson, who – Lawrence – fully understood the rules and yes. like the edge to the game, which was to dink and dunk and not, mm -hmm. not take any uh, unnecessary risks. And so I get up there and I'm like, uh, Hey, he's covered. Uh, Lawrence is covered underneath. So I'll throw it to my, my good buddy Pat down the sideline. And mm -hmm. that, that was dumb. 
So, but I am glad to hear this double double elimination because uh, yeah. if I'm quarterback again, that means I can throw not one but two picks. So yeah, I was gonna say now you can throw two passes this year. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll cut off my route this year. There you go. Uh, there you so go. that's an amazing event. King's Classic is amazing. I can't wait to go there see some of my friend Curtis Patrick, Mike Clay. Hopefully, Mike Clay's there. He had some flight problems. Yeah, yeah. He's he's already kind of given me the well. Let's hope everything goes well and everything. Uh, but you know, this year, exciting in the Blanda Division. Um, Jeff Manns is going to be coming in for the first time ever. So we're excited to get him to draft in our big, in our Blanda, George Blanda division. Of course, I was relegated. I, I took it on the chin. <laughs> and so I, I moved down and Brian Drake and team and Kevin Tompkins have moved up. But that's okay. That's that. That's the rules. That's Just works. to show you that I'm not a rule breaker, even if it's my league. I, <laughs> I, I, I moved down. So it, it is what it is. I deserved it. It was a tough year. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're really excited. Jeff's plan, uh, JJ Zachariason is actually drafting in our Kings classic this year in the Blanda division. First time for him to come in town. So it's so cool to get, you know, we, and some people didn't drop off. So we had people like Michael Fabiano and some that had, can't make it. So they're moving to the online division. Some people were moving up. Um, some of the guys moved to the IDP, uh, draft. So Gary Davenport, Mike Waller, uh, moved over to that. So, this is what's cool is that we can kind of all move around, bring in new folks, new faces, maybe not new faces to the industry because everybody knows those guys, but new to our drafts and bringing in, you know, the best of the best, which has always been the idea behind the Kings classic and now the Queens classic as well. So yeah, Mike Clay will be there. I'll be there. Dave Richard from CBS, CBS, right. NBC, ESPN all together. You don't see that too often. <laughs> right. So, so many amazing people, smart people in the industry. And this then big companies are there. Small companies are there. You're looking to get the word out about your company. You should be there. If you want to talk to somebody, we'll be there to talk to. So it's just a really, really great event. Thank um, you. It gets bigger every year, Bob. And yeah, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to it. And where people want to find some information on it, where's the best sure. place to go? Uh, on Twitter, you can just follow it at the FF Expo. Um, but get tickets and get them quick because we're going to be ordering the T-shirts probably tomorrow. Uh, so make sure you get in or get your shirt size in. But uh, the fantasyfootballexpo.com. Get a weekend pass. Come hang out with all of us for three straight days. It's a great time. Your liver will thank you. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> it's a great event. Bob, thank you so much for taking some time to come here and talk to us yep. about it. And yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. All right. Thanks, guys. Danny, Kyle, everybody. Take right. care. We'll see you in a couple yeah. weeks, man. See thank you, Bob. Bob here to spread the word about the expo. Kyle here to spread the word about there being no higher entity because something has happened in practice. You've told us, Kyle, today on um, uh, not to be dramatic, but something bad happened in practice. It's pretty dramatic. Tell us about it. Yeah, I, I because I can't log off even like while we're doing the show. I am online. Uh, I'm just like looking at the videos right now. It looked like Burrow suffered a non-contact leg. It could be ankle, could be knee. Was carted off. Uh, like who's who's their backup quarterback? Even uh, Trevor Simeon, Brandon Allen. Oh, is it really Trevor Simeon? Trevor, Trevor Simeon. My God. Uh, that's a cut. I'm, yeah, man. <laughs> Brutal. I mean, you know, no clue how no, it would, uh, you know, how this could actually impact him. Could have just rolled his ankle. Didn't look great, though. And then he was carted off the field. It didn't look like he could put much weight on the leg. So uh, just something to know if you're drafting before you see this. I mean, say they are. I guess what does this team do? Like, what is the who's out there? What right? Like, do they go for Ryan Tannehill? What do they do? I don't know. I. Maybe maybe they maybe they get one of the Niners quarterbacks. I mean, like I like they, that. They I think that's the best guys. option. Yeah, I guess like, even, now that Brock Purdy's back. Well, we hold, hold, Kyle, have you actually read any reports? Like, what what are we actually talking? No, about? there are no. Reports I mean, he literally yet. couldn't put weight. I watched it happen. He couldn't put weight on his foot when his carted off the field. I mean, it's not important. I mean, do you need to be putting weight on your foot. Um, <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a second. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Niners would be the best option, and they're probably a little more pliable as a team now that Brock Purdy is cleared and you know practicing. He's still getting some breaks, but uh, I think that's probably the move. Do they? Can you honestly? Then would you trade? You would trade for Sam Darnold in that spot, right? Like, I yeah, I I, I think that the it, look the Bengals can't just like mail in a year where they have T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe and yeah. Joe Mixon. Like they, they have to try. I mean, they, they can't, they, you cannot go with Trevor Simeon. I don't care what the coaches say in the coming days. 
they cannot go with 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 Simeon. So that there's got to be a move out there that that they can make. I'm racking my brain right now. Maybe Carson Wentz is already throwing. To be honest, he's ready. Not not. I don't know. At this point, truly not trying to be funny. There's nothing the Bengals can do, Joe Burrow. No, the no, season it is over. Yeah, the Bengals season is tanked and ruined. Yeah, is. More about like how big of a hit does Jamar Chase take? How big of a hit does T Higgins take? Huge, does, huge. When there's Joe Burrow at quarterback, you know, sometimes some weeks can be hard to tell the difference between Jamar Chase and T Higgins. We know that Jamar Chase is a better player, has a higher ceiling. When you have a quarterback playing at such a high level, though, you know, in fantasy, when you've got an elite player in Jamar Chase and a really, really good player in T. Higgins, it can sometimes be hard to tell the difference. I think if there's no Joe Burrow, it's really bad news for T. Higgins, where that makes the difference between those two players more stark. And it makes you know Tyler Boyd already not an entity, <laughs> even with Joe Burrow. It really – what would it do for Joe Mixon, who's become like a PPR guy, kind of like – Yeah, this new Joe Mixon. Like, um, and I kind of agree that – I think it's really bad for Chase because he's so expensive. You have to take him the second – I think it's worse for T. Third. Higgins than Chase, to be honest. Um, I think I think so too. I think it, it widens the gap between them. But the price gap is already also pretty significant. Uh, yeah, man. And, and Joe Mixon, I think it just nukes him. Uh, his whole shtick is that he plays a lot of snaps on the, one of the best offenses. He, he's not super efficient anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, this is horrible for the team. Although, like I'm saying, it would be horrible. Could have just rolled his ankle. That's what we'll be hoping for. Uh, it says, uh, real quick here, uh, Joe Burrow was wearing a, a black compression sleeve on his right calf. Um, that was before the injury. That would indicate Achilles problems, like Achilles and- tendonitis often. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like we're like Cronkite right now talking about the <laughs> Kennedy assassination. But I mean, I mean, really, like, like it is. This is this is this changes everything for fantasy if 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 Burrow is in, indeed down with a serious injury. I basically would not be drafting T. Higgins. I, Jamar Chase, I think, is to the level where whoever they throw in there, even if it's Trevor Simeon, even if they trade for someone, they'll find a way to get Jamar Chase. Their numbers. I think it's when we really find what the difference is between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, though. And you know, Tyler Boyd just totally gone. Who who even who's the tight end this year? Irv Smith, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Irv Smith not happening if Joe Burrow's out. Well, I I, I do think you could see T. Higgins drop to like so like so much that it would be like why why am I not taking him in like the eleventh round or something? Something. Kyle, off the top of your head, if he's out, Joe Burrow is out. What wide receiver? What is T. Higgins's rank for Week One? Rank? Yeah, uh, just rank thirty-five. Ooh. I was gonna say late twenties. I'd so say I'm twenty-eight to thirty-two. So I mean, thirty—not that far off. It, it depends how they address it too. For some reason, they're like, "Oh, Trevor Simeon. He's he's been here a, a, a two months. He knows the system." And they throw him in. These guys are all complete dust. But like, if they go out and get Darnold, Carson Wentz is a free agent, and I don't don't consider this as me supporting Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah, I'm saying Carson Wentz. No, 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 no. Don't know, Pat. No, <laughs> it's me saying Carson Wentz would be a better option than Trevor Simeon. Really? And I think, like Denny said, what do you mean, really? Yes, I really. mean, really. I mean, do you really think Carson no. Wentz is better than Trevor Simeon at this point? Yeah. Yes, I do. I actually don't. <laughs> Oh, this is honestly, how am I going to, it's fine. You're allowed to think that I don't even care. Carson Wentz is also not great, but I think what to Denny's point, they, they have to try something. It won't work, right? You just can't survive a Joe Burrow loss and move on, but you also can't do the Trevor Simeon thing for a year when you're closing out your window of, of having all these guys on their cheap deals. I actually think, I think that's would be the wrong mentality. I, I think they have to just view it. To not do anything that might mess up 2024 and beyond. And the I mean, Bengals, signing Carson once for a year isn't, or true. trading for Sam Darnold wouldn't do that. The Bengals just have to forget about 2023 if Joe Burrow's out. They just, it's like sad but true. Like 2023 does not exist. For I, I will say, apparently, this was not the leg that he hurt um, back in uh, 2021 or whatever when, when, he, when he blew out his uh, ACL on that hit from uh, Chase Young. So, um, it's not. It's not that side. So I guess that that could be good. You really did just sound like Walter Cronkite there, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> the, the bulletin in from Dallas, Texas. The time. I'm trying. I'm trying to relay. Fourteen thirty-seven in the afternoon because mm-hmm. they did military time back. Oh, uh, Zach Taylor uh, tells reporters it was a calf injury for Joe Burrow. Well, calf is frequently a euphemism for Achilles at first. If it's actually a yeah. calf. 
we're good. Like even if it's like a serious calf injury, he'll be playing in September yep. at some point. So just hope that it's actually a calf injury and not a euphemism for Achilles. That would be great. And that's a wrap on this show. A lot of news we got through today. Thank you so much for Babylon. Uh, come on. The, fan, the, the Fantasy Football Expo really is a great event. Danny, I'm going to be there. Sorry that Kyle cannot be there. So check that out. For Kyle Dvorak, for Danny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. We'll be back on Monday when we're previewing Denny. What division are we previewing? The NFC West is what we're West. previewing on Monday. So check it out. For Kyle, for Denny, I'm Pat. Catch you later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.